0: How many were here last week and enjoyed our, our family, our blessing of the children? Did you enjoy that? Yes. You know, that's Pastor Rick's favorite uh, service of the year, and it's the first service every year that we do here, where I pray for your children, and we anoint them with oil. We pray that God's blessings would be upon them for the remainder of the year, because part of that is what I did with my girls is I do a threefold prayer. I did a threefold prayer with them every single morning as I grew up, and I've told our church here many times, I said, Lord, remind them that you love them. Lord, protect them. Put a hedge of protection around them. And Lord, the third thing, fulfill the purpose in their life that you've called them to do. And how many know that when you pray that prayer, good things happen. Good things happen with your children. Amen? Amen? So I encourage you also to start praying something similar to that. You don't have to pray that exact prayer. But if you've got little ones, pray something similar to that. It's really easy and uh, God will bless you and reward you. Amen? Amen? Amen. So how many have ever heard of the word level up before? Be honest. Raise your hand if you've heard that word before. Level up. You've, most of you, right? Uh, some of you may not have heard that term. But here, here's for online gamers. And maybe there's a few in here that may, you know, raise your hand. Come on, shout it out, online gamers. But it means to progress to the next level. To level up, to get to the next level. You may have heard it this way. Uh, to make a move in your life or career for the better is to level up. Or I feel stale at this job and it's time to level up. Or maybe you've heard it this way or have said, said this to somebody. Hey, I heard you got that promotion last week. Way to level up, bro. Way to level, level up, sis. You know, how many have, have ever said something like that or something similar to that? There's, there's something powerful when we know that there's better things for us. Listen to this quote that the late Nelson Mandela said. He said, there's no passion to be found playing small in settling for a life that is less than the one you are capable of living. Truer words have never been spoken. Let me tell you right there. Truer words have never been spoken. But many of us can be, and there's this one word, satisfied, can become satisfied with where we're at. Even right here where we're at, I'm not satisfied with just having your familiar faces. I want to see every face, every seat in this, in this seat in the sanctuary filled. That sign right there says 222 persons. I want to see if we can really feel that, if we can truly accomplish that. That's my goal in leveling up here. Amen. And then maybe going to a, a second service and, and bumping open door church out. Don't tell them I said that. And, and they can have the afternoon service. Amen. But here's, here's what I want to challenge every one of us here in 2020. Are you excited? It's 2020. I mean, it's unbelievable, isn't it? All of us people with gray hair and some with, with no hair and some with... It doesn't matter. It's just unbelievable that it's 2020. But here's what I want to challenge you, that you would spiritually examine your life. It's always good to, to examine ourselves at the beginning of a year. And, and see, where is it that I need to improve? What is it I need to do that I wasn't doing last year or that maybe I, I've seen others do that I know I need to be doing for my life? How many agree that there's always room for improvement in those areas? That's called leveling up spiritually. So there's on the other side of it, though, Pastor Rick is always disappointed in those that would just come to church for years and just be content in sitting, but never serving in any capacity. You know, I, when I say level up, that means, okay, um, what do you want me to do, Lord? How can I be used in your kingdom? Um, is it ushering? Is it greeting? Is it worship? Is it, is it leading a street evangelism here down the corner? What is it, Lord, that you want me to do? In what capacity can you use me? And, and I get it. Not every one of us have a voice. That's why you don't see me singing up here. I wish I could sing like Barry White. That was my old, that was my favorite. But I can't sing like Barry White. I I can only sing like Rick Mendez. And that's why you're not going to hear me singing up here. But every one of us have a gift. Every one of us have been blessed and gifted. But it's up to you to ask the Lord to show you what that is. Are you following me? Amen. So let's look at our neighbor again and tell him, I'm going to level up this year. year. And I'm talking spiritually, okay? I'm talking spiritually. I'm not going to ask you to stand, but I'm going to read my sermon text this afternoon. It's found in the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 7. It's quite lengthy. Verses 21 through 27. Matthew. And this is where Jesus here is speaking. Listen to these words of Jesus. Starting in verse 21 of chapter 7. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. Let me say that again. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons? And in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Verse 24, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand the rain came down the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash let's pray father in heaven we ask your blessing now father anoint your word to our hearing and understanding. Lord, help us to walk away here today transformed and changed so that we might be giving you the glory and honor in every day of our lives. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brother Alex back there recently retired from the construction business. And, and Brother Alex, I'm just going to yell at you from, the, from up here in front, but um, it's important to have a foundation, isn't it, Brother? He said yes, and, and if we're not built on a foundation, it's going to crumble, it's going to fall. And for us, it's so important that our foundation is built on Jesus Christ. It, it's not Foothill Christian, American Canyon, that's your foundation. It's not Pastor Rick that is your foundation. It's Jesus Christ, amen? amen. Jesus Christ is your foundation, one, one of the major things, and I, and I spoke to our worship team, I've spoken to some of you individually already, but one of the major things I want to see us do this year is to have God experiences. And, and that's part of what I'm preaching today is, is leading us to have those God experiences. And what do, what do I mean by that? It's that when you bring a visitor here or yourself, if you come here or to our Bible studies or if we're just praying or if we're having fellowship in the front room there, that you walk away saying, I touched God that day. God touched me that day. God touched my heart today. God touched my spirit today. How many know what I'm talking about? How many have been to a place where they've walked away and said, I was in the presence of God that day because we need to be more intentional. So I'm I'm talking to our regular church members here that are here every single Sunday. We need to be intentional. It starts with Pastor Rick, but each of us need to be more intentional. When someone says to pray, pray with them right there at that moment. I know you don't have to go get Pastor Rick. You can pray with them right there at that moment. Did you know that? The same Holy Spirit, the same Holy Ghost that lives inside of me lives inside of you. Amen. Amen. The same God can answer that prayer. So what I want to do this year is, is step into that place where we're being more intentional and experiencing God's power in our lives. In fact, I was at a conference on Friday and I have this white little bracelet And it was called the Empowerment Conference. And it was a great conference. It was a pastoral pastoral and leadership conference. And I I go every year. And they were talking about things like this. Of what I had wanted to speak on this Sunday. So it just fit in perfect. And I felt that God, you are truly confirming what I felt in my heart to preach today. You're confirming it by my attendance here and what I'm hearing. Amen? So... God is wanting for each of us to level up into God's power and presence. Amen? Amen. But first, let's take a look at your outline. Let's go to point number one. I have a few points here that I want to look at. What does your spiritual life look like up to this point? And secondly, what do you want your spiritual life to look like from this point forward? You know, each of us have to have, we have measuring points, right? And we can call those all sorts of things. In finances, it's, it's called ROI, return on investment. You have all sorts of starting points, leveling, measures, where you measure things. I was going to bring a bunch of levels in here and, and show you what's level and what's not. But in order to know where you're going to go, you have to know where you're at. You have to know where you're at. So maybe there's something that you've seen as I've asked that question. What does your spiritual life look like up to this point? Maybe you've seen something in your life in this last year that you felt was lacking. Maybe you started off the year with good intentions last year, like you have this year and said, this is the year I'm going to read the Bible all the way through. Well, we have outlines on the back table. If not, we have them there for you that will help you accomplish that. Maybe it's. It, it's a goal to to pray faithfully every single day. Maybe it's a goal that as you're driving every day, you're asking yourself, Lord, help me to see someone out here on the street that I can minister to, that I can reach out to, that I can be a blessing to. And, and so what I'm asking you to do is look at your spiritual life. Where is it lacking? And where do you see that you can step up, level up? Amen. We can only begin to level up when we take a look at where we're truly at. Let's take a look at Psalms 18 and verse 2. As you, as you contemplate that, that, the question, the first one that I gave you, what does your spiritual life look like up to this point? Psalms and 18, verse 2 says it this way The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield. And the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Are you detecting a pattern here? The writer here is saying, basically, check this out. This is heavy in Greek, okay? The Lord is my everything. That's what he's saying. The Lord is my everything. He, he again, he said he's my fortress. He, he, he protects me. He, he's where I can run to when I'm scared, when, when I don't have all the answers, when I don't have it all figured out. I can run to my fortress. And then he's the one that delivers me. He saves me. He's my God. He's my rock. A rock is unmovable. A rock is something that's going to be the same today, tomorrow. He's, he's not only my rock, he's where I can take refuge. When I'm beat up because of what the world's done to me, the world's beat me up. I had a bad day at work. I had a bad day with somebody that I ran into. I can take refuge with him. Amen. Amen. He's my shield, my protector. He's the horn of my salvation. He is my salvation. And he's my stronghold. He holds me together. He protects me. He is my everything. So here's my question today. Is he your everything? Because here, here's what I've heard many people say. I've said this. I've said this. We've heard some people say when someone passes away, oh, he was, she was my everything. She was my everything. And and we've all said something like that at some point or another. But how many here today can say that about God Almighty? He is my everything. He is my everything. Can we truly say that? We say that about one another. We say that about, about relatives that have passed on, loved ones that have passed on. But how many can truly say, He is my everything. Amen? Amen. Amen. See, here's, here's the problem. When we don't have Him as everything, we can live without Him. When we, we, and that's a dangerous place to be Is living without him. Amen. We want to have him as our source of everything. Because when he is our everything. We understand where our source comes from. Everything that we have. Comes from him. Amen. He was my everything. She was my world. I can't live without him. Lord help us to say that about you. Help us to say that you are my everything. Today. Now. We can understand how people say that. We can understand that. But. Here's what King David in that scripture, the writer was telling us. He was telling us that his faith, his belief system, everything that he valued was found in God and he is the one, he is the source of all that. It comes from Almighty God. Amen? King David knew this and here's a man that had, that had committed some of the most worst crimes in the Bible. He had sent, He first of all, He had committed adultery while he was married. He committed adultery, or excuse me, he committed adultery with with the wife of one of his soldiers. And then he sent that soldier, once she found out that she was pregnant, he sent that soldier to the front lines so he would get killed and he could have her all to himself. This is the same man that's writing, God, you are my rock, my fortress. So, what am I saying? Not only can God forgive you of that. He's a God of second chances, third chances, fourth chances. But you can still know where your source comes from. Amen? It's never too late. Amen? Here's number two. Number two. Spiritual progress does not happen by your power and strength, but by God's. Have we figured that out yet, church? Have we figured out... That you are not the source of miracles. You are not the source of, of any wealth or any financial blessings or any relational blessings. You are not the source of it. You, you can be the, the, the most perfect all-American family by outward appearances. But unless God is giving you that source, God is feeding you, you are nothing. Amen? You are vain. You are empty. Amen? Have you ever tried to become right with, with God by your own effort? You know, that's so, so much work. It's so much work when we're, we try to do what's right. And, and we, we say, Lord, I got this. You know, I think of when I first got saved, this vice is giving up uh, drinking or alcohol or, or drugs, whatever it is. If you try to do it on your own, let me tell you, you're in for a really, really, really tough road. Amen? It's a tough thing to try to do it by yourself but I know this that when God steps into the picture when you say Lord I need your help he comes running to embrace you and say let me help you with that son let me help you with that daughter I got this let me give you the strength every day one day at a time they got it right one day at a time he will give you strength amen Amen. spiritual progress in the same way does not happen by your power and strength but it happens by God's strength. So if this year you're wanting to step up, to level up and become that prayer warrior, you want to be able to say powerful prayers for people, then trust God to give you the words to speak. Trust God to speak through you when you pray for other individuals. Amen? Even right now during this fast, fasting requires the help of God. Because there's sometimes you walk by that that refrigerator, and then you know that pie that Mother Betty just dropped off at your doorstep is still sitting in there. And you're going, why in the world do I still have that pie? And it's so tempting. You say, you say at that moment, Lord, I need your strength. And the Lord will give you strength. Amen? I have not touched that jello, and it's been sitting in there. There's one piece left. And it, exactly, I'll go get it, she says. But that, that's some incredible jello that she made. And um, let me tell you, there's one little square that's been sitting in there for a couple of weeks now. We, we got to throw it out now at this point. But do you see what I'm saying? We need God's strength. We need God's strength. Yes. We can't do it by ourselves. Because I can ask you this, how's it working for you? How's it working for you? Doing it by yourself. Doing it on your own. Trying to figure it out trying to make life happen on your own without incorporating God into your into your decisions into choices that you make into purchases that you make without asking God is is that the car you want for me lord is that the place you want me to be living in lord is that the woman or the man that you want for my life lord Let me tell you how it's working. It doesn't. It it may work at that moment, but let me tell you, there's a train wreck going to happen. There's a train wreck going to happen. Amen? Amen. Spiritual progress does not happen by your power and strength, but by God. Amen. Amen. Here's uh, point number three as I go to the next one. What is Jesus saying in our sermon text? Again, if we look at our sermon text... Listen to the words that he says here in the text. Verse, verse 21. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But listen here. But only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Did you catch that? God is saying, Jesus here is saying in, in perfect English here for us. Only the one Who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter the kingdom of heaven. So we can say all we want. We can tell other people that we believe. We can tell other people that that we do this. But Jesus is saying, unless you're doing my Father's will, you'll never see the kingdom of heaven. In verse twenty. For he says it this way, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. When we put his words into practice, we are like that wise man that built with a foundation, built it on rock, built it on a sturdy platform. If not, if you're not listening to his words, the word of God is clearly saying it's just like building your life on sand. Have you ever built a sandcastle on the beach right by the shore and, and watch those waves come in? And sure enough, as the tide increases and, and, and that water and the waves come in, boom, there goes your sandcastle. There goes whatever you built, just like that. But if you had built it on, on a rock, if you had built it on, on a secure platform, it would still be there. Amen. God is trying to tell you that we need to put our trust in him. Amen. You know, it's it's not easy. I get that. I get sometimes it's not easy. The enemy is dangling so many things out there to us at different times. But God, you have to picture eternity in mind. You have to keep eternity in mind when you make choices here today. The things we do now impact our eternity forever and ever. So again... It's it's what Jesus is saying here, just to be clear. It's not about what you say you believe. It's not about the way you feel. It's not even about what you do, but it's about who you know. Do you know him? Do you know him? And that's what I'm asking you to do this year, to level up, to say, Lord, I want to know you. There's a scripture, one of my scriptures that I've I've. Every day, I almost say it, almost every single day, that I might know you in your sufferings. Paul declared these words, uh, that I might know you, Lord, because there's a part of me that I, I, I've, I've never attained. I, I'm not yet where I, I want to be, where I need to be. Have you ever felt that? Have you ever felt that maybe physically in some place you're, you're there, but you're not where you want to be? Amen? Amen? That's usually somebody that has goals, somebody that, that knows they're, they're going places, And likewise, spiritually, I want to be somewhere I'm not yet attained there. I want to be there, Lord. And so the Lord is going to help us. Amen. Amen. The Lord is going to help us. Amen. How many again want to level up this year and say, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know you. Raise your hand this this afternoon. Amen? Amen. Our fourth point is this. Knowing Jesus rather than just knowing about him means making him Lord, Lord. Let me repeat that again. Knowing Jesus rather than just knowing about him. That's so important. See, I've, I've known people. In fact, I knew this one minister that could quote the Bible. He, he had it memorized. He had a photographic memory. And he, quoted the, he could quote the King James from Genesis chapter 1 all the way to the end of Revelation. You could pick a chapter. He could quote it right here because he had a photographic memory. And now he was a good minister, but I'm saying that there's people that have a lot of head knowledge. There's a lot of people that know about the Lord. You know that the Bible even says this, that that Satan knows who the Lord is, but he trembles. Satan knows the Lord. So when I say, do you know the Lord? I'm talking about, do you know him? Do you know him? Does he know you? Do you know him? It's, is, do you count him as, as your father, Abba Father? Is he your father? Is he the one you run to in the middle of a, of a crisis? Or, or, or is it to the refrigerator to go grab something and put a couple of ice cubes and then pour something in it? Is that who you run to? You know what I'm saying? Do we run to the Lord first? He is our everything. Amen? Amen. So the question I'm asking you here is, what does it mean to make him Lord? What would that look like in your life right now? Are there changes you need to do or things to level up in your life today and going forward? And while you're contemplating that, listen to this chapter or this verse in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 8. And this is the New Living Translation. It says it this way, Yes, everything else is worthless, when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. Wow. It's not any plainer than that right there. Jesus Christ should be your everything. Paul right here is declaring it. He is everything. else. He is everything and everything else is worthless. The cars, the mansions, the, the Beverly Hills home, the, the winter retreat home. It's all worthless. You know, if, if that was everything, if, if, if money, if riches were everything, every Hollywood superstar, every music mogul would be the happiest person around. But guess what? They're not. In fact, they're the most discontent people often. Money doesn't solve anything Riches don't solve anything. It's when you make Jesus Christ everything in your life that things begin to flow. That things begin to make sense. That all of a sudden, relationship blessings begin to happen. Because God's blessing you, he's saying, yes, let me, let me give you some blessing in that area where you need it. Let me bless you in that area where you need it. All because you put him number one. Amen? Amen. Give him a hand clap. He's worthy of your praise. Amen. Again, my prayer in, in two scriptures later is where it's found that I may know him. Paul says that I may know him in his sufferings. And that should be our prayer, should be each of our prayer. That, Lord, that I may know you. I, I'm not there where I need to be. Help me to get there this year. That I can level up. That I can, that I can get on my knees and pray consistently. Not just once a week when I go to church. Not just once a month. That I can do that faithfully every day. And God will give you the strength to do that. Do you know that? God will give you the strength to do that. And one of the wonderful things about God that he gives us. Is this amazing thing called grace. It's a gift. Grace is spoken about in the book of Ephesians chapter 2. Where he talks about grace. About giving us grace. Now grace is What does that mean? It means it's God's unmerited favorites. He's giving you something you don't deserve. Have you ever done that with your kids, giving them something they don't deserve, even though they were naughty, even though they were out of line, even though they were not doing what you asked them to do? Of course, every parent has. That's grace. In the same way, God extends us grace. He says, yes, I know you're not perfect. Yes, I know you've fallen today or last week, but here's my grace. I give you grace. I look past that because you're my child. Amen? So now while I say that, listen to this. Point number five. Are you using grace or receiving it? Are you using grace or receiving it? Here's what I mean by that. Are you using God's grace to make yourself feel better about what you just did? That you know is not pleasing to God. Okay, that's, that's a big big difference here. See, grace says, well, God forgave me, so I can go out about my business and do whatever I want. That's not the way it works. Grace doesn't work that way. Grace is saying, what the Lord is saying here is that, I want to give you this grace so you realize how much I love you. And how much more grace I'm going to give you as you continue to seek me. Amen? So, so again, are you receiving it as a gift or allowing it to transform you into somebody new? Into that creation God has always intended for you? Because that's really what grace does. It transforms you into a new person. It doesn't keep you where you're at. It continually levels you up. It levels you up and levels you up and levels you up. Every year we should be growing, amen? Amen. Anybody here have kids under the age of 10? Raise your hand if you do. Okay. How many want your kids to stay that age forever? Most of us don't. Some of us would say, yes, I love my 8-year-old child. They're beautiful, perfect. And I get that. But most of us would say, yeah, I want them to grow up into an adult at some point. And likewise, God Almighty looks at his children right here and says, I want each of you to grow up. Into an adult. I want you to level up. I want you to level up today, not tomorrow, not mañana. Today. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Amen? Amen. So, again, are you using God's grace as a gift or allowing it to transform you into someone new? If I can have the musicians come up as we close at this time. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible. And it's uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17. How many are familiar? Just by my saying it, if you're familiar with it, uh, it was one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. And you'll hear me say that often because I say that about every scripture in the Bible if you haven't caught on to that yet. But 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, and you know what? I want every one of you to say this with me. Is that on your outline? And it is. Read it with me. Therefore, If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Amen. That is the greatest news that God could ever deliver to you. The old is gone. How many like that old creation? The the one that didn't know God. You want that old one hanging out? No. God doesn't either. God said, step on that one keep that one buried i buried him for a reason that's what we do symbolically when we get baptized When we get baptized we get buried and we leave that old person behind we say goodbye to that old person and we rise up anew as a new creation and say lord i'm going to give you my best from this day forward i'm going to give it my best shot and see what happens now i've never trusted you in the past but i am today from this day forward and i'm going to see where this takes me lord And maybe that's you today. Maybe you're saying that today and you've been saying that since the beginning of the year. Maybe God is working in your life and, and doing things right now that you don't know what's going on. But you know he's drawing you closer to him. Here's what I would ask you to do. When Jesus says he wants to be Lord of your life. He's not trying to, it's not a power mover. He's not trying to be a dictator of your life. Many people have this misconception that God just wants to control my life and take away all my rights and everything, my choices, my freedoms, my my rights. But no, he's trying to show you where those things come from. All those things that you and I enjoy today, where do they come from? From our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the supplier of every need, every, every good thing you have today. Amen. It, it didn't come from Bank of America, let me tell you. It, it didn't come from that car you're driving out there. It didn't even come from your job because I know most of you don't even like the job you're going to tomorrow. Okay? So let's just be honest right now. It comes from God Almighty. It comes from God Almighty.